The Jerusalem Channel is made possible by viewer support. Thanks for watching. A profoundly significant ceremony took place in Jerusalem, the City of God, on December the 11th, 2017. This was an amazing acting out of biblical prophecy, but the event was almost entirely missed by the secular media. The relatively few who know Bible prophecy were watching and observing prophecy continuing to unfold. Organizations such as CBN News, Revelation TV, the Jerusalem Channel, and other Bible-believing organizations were represented at this watershed moment. But where were the BBC, CNN, Fox News, and MSNBC? Shalom, I'm Christine Darg. It was a century ago in December 1917 that British and Allied forces captured Jerusalem as a triumphant victory of World War I. That conquest of Jerusalem from almost seven centuries of Muslim occupation has been called both a Hanukkah miracle and a Christmas present. With weeks to spare, British Commander-in-Chief Sir Edmund Allenby had delivered on British Prime Minister David Lord George's instruction to take Jerusalem by Christmas. And the fact that it happened during the Jewish festival of Hanukkah was providential in the economy of God. People wonder about the December 2017 timing of why American President Trump delivered good on his promise to recognize Jerusalem and his promise to move the American embassy to Israel's capital. Was Trump's timing just a whim or is God in control of current events far more than we can ever realize? So fast forward from General Allenby's conquest of Jerusalem 100 years to President Trump officially recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Were the events cosmically connected? Does Trump's proclamation portend the rebuilding of the Third Temple, as many Bible prophecy students are speculating? Within a week of Trump's decree, hundreds of Israelis and tourists gathered at the Jaffa Gate of Jerusalem's Old City near the Tower of David Museum to celebrate the centenary of Allenby's historic conquest of the holy city. In fact, Jerusalem's Jaffa Gate has many names, one of them in Arabic being the Gate of the Friend, referring to Abraham, the friend of God. But because of Allenby's conquest on December the 11th, 1917, Jaffa Gate has sometimes been called the Conqueror's Gate, for it was here that General Allenby conquered the city victoriously defeating the Muslim Ottomans, but without a shot. In a show of humility and great diplomatic intuitive sensibilities, Allenby had dismounted from horseback and walked by foot into the historic gate because only his Lord and Savior Jesus should properly ride into Jerusalem. Allenby wanted to demonstrate humility and to show respect to the inhabitants of the sacred city. 
It was two weeks before Christmas and the first day of Hanukkah when the British Imperial Army entered Jerusalem under Allenby's command. This cartoon prophetically made the connection between Allenby and the Hanukkah heroes, the Jewish Maccabees, warriors who had cleansed and rededicated the second Jewish temple. The conquest of Jerusalem was a turning point for the British forces and marked the end of Turkish rule. It was also the first time in 700 years that a Christian nation had ruled the city. Thus, a new chapter began in the history of Jerusalem. And at the centenary celebration, Israeli actors reenacted the prophetic event. 100 years later, the Jaffa Gate looked almost the same. And I asked the actor playing General Allenby as he went into the gate for a photo op as if to say, hey, wait for me. I feel like I'm in a time warp. I'll be coming along 100 years later. Also participating in the reenactment was an actor playing the part of the Ottoman mayor of Jerusalem, Hussein el Husseini, holding a white sheet of surrender in hand. But what was most significant 100 years later was the return of the key of Jerusalem by a descendant of General Allenby, and he gave it to the present Jewish mayor of Jerusalem, Mayor Nir Barkat. For those who can appreciate this symbolism, I can assure you that our covenant-keeping God observed this very significant moment, but the world's media missed it. The centenary commemoration on December the 11th included not only a reenactment of General Allenby's famous entrance into the city on foot, but also a reading of his proclamation from the steps of what is now the Tower of David Museum. Following the fall of Jerusalem on 9th December 1917, this copy of Allenby's official proclamation of martial law is now on exhibition at the Tower of David Museum. Well, Henry Allenby, who inherited General Allenby's title of Fourth Viscount of Megiddo, read his ancestor's proclamation on the steps exactly where Edmund Allenby had read it out 100 years earlier to the day. The proclamation said that it was his desire that every person should continue to pursue his lawful business without fear of interruption since the soil of the holy city has been consecrated by the prayers and pilgrimages of devout people. At the end of the centenary celebration, the actor playing General Allenby said it was time to return something he had received at the surrender of the city 100 years earlier. Dramatically, the actor presented a rusty key to the Jewish mayor of Jerusalem saying, I think that a hundred years later, it's about time that I return this key. He said, it's a little bit rusty, but keep it. And thank you so much, Mr. Mayor. Well, what an amazing prophetic act. I wonder, was the Holy Spirit brooding over this centenary celebration? And with a symbolic handing of the keys of Jerusalem to the current Jewish mayor, well, think about this. Jesus himself had prophesied in Luke 21, 24, that Jerusalem would be under the control of the Gentile nations until 
the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And now for 50 years, we've witnessed Jewish sovereignty over both East and West Jerusalem, over the entire city. We are indeed living in a unique period of extended grace because technically the times of the Gentiles have been fulfilled just as Jesus predicted with the recapture of Jerusalem by the Jewish people. But the issue of who controls the Temple Mount is still in dispute. So that means the times of the Gentiles are tenuously extended, but only just. Tragically, many of today's leaders deny biblical realities. But history books record that an important aspect of the British victory was General Allenby's evangelical Christian faith. You see, Allenby was a devout believer in Jesus, and he knew his scriptures well, including the prophecies concerning Jerusalem. In fact, the Lord had quickened to Allenby Isaiah 31.5, which says, Like birds flying, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending it, he will also deliver it. Passing over, he will preserve it. This verse inspired Allenby to fly airplanes over Jerusalem to drop leaflets. And that's why he was able to take the holy city without destruction, just as the prophecy had said. Without firing one gunshot, after dropping the leaflets, Allenby was able to walk into the city and to declare martial law. It's also a legendary fact that in the providence of God, Allenby's name sounded like the Muslim god Allah. And so the Turks didn't oppose him. They thought he was a messenger sent by God. Well, the entrance of General Allenby to Jaffa Gate on foot changed the world, and we mustn't miss the huge significance of that symbolic handing of the key of Jerusalem back to the Jewish mayor of Jerusalem near Barakat. Although the secular news outlets totally missed the moment, but a former news weatherman in Israel, Pastor David Decker, is an astute purveyor of the signs of the times with regard to the nation of Israel. With him, we've been privileged to chair a number of Christian assemblies in the Israeli parliament, the Knesset, and he knows the Israeli scene very well. In David Decker's estimation, Mayor Barakat in many ways is like a younger version of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, and in fact, Many analysts speculate that Barakat could become Israel's prime minister one day. He's friendly towards evangelicals. Barakat also appreciates the United States and enjoys a good relationship with the current White House and with Congress. Barakat is a businessman, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. As Israel's wealthiest politician, like President Trump, he doesn't take a salary for public service. He's also an urban hero. In 2015, Barakat garnered international attention when he intervened after seeing a Palestinian man trying to stab a Jewish victim. Barakat succeeded in subduing the attacker. So getting back to the prophetic significance on December the 11th, 1917, inside Jaffa Gate, General Allenby, a devout Bible believer, received the keys to the city from the Islamic authorities who'd been in charge of the holy city for hundreds of years. 
100 years ago, there had been great rejoicing in both the Jewish and Christian worlds. One headline at the time proclaimed, Jerusalem is rescued by the British after 673 years of Muslim rule. Islamic control was surrendered in 1917 to Great Britain, which was the main world power broker at the time and was strongly identified with Christianity. Great Britain was once considered a Christian nation, but tragically, by the time the British had exited the Holy Land in 1948, they had resisted much of God's plan to restore the Jewish people. I believe God remembers the British heroes, explorers, and missionaries of the past, and we believe God yet has blessings stored up for Britain if the church will repent and turn back to God according to principles laid down and required in 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then, God says, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Despite so much anti-Semitism and even the devastating horror of the Holocaust, after the world's darkest hour, the modern miracle of Israel emerged by God's faithful help. The Israelis were able to take West Jerusalem in 1948, but East Jerusalem, containing the sacred old city and the holy sites, fell back again under Islamic rule in the form of the Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan for 19 years, while West Jerusalem remained under Jewish rule. But finally, 50 years ago, in 1967, as a result of the epic Six-Day War, all of Jerusalem was restored into Jewish hands for the first time in over 2,000 years. And don't forget that foreign occupation of the land of Israel went back to before the Romans. And the Romans had ruled Jerusalem and Judea before, during, and after the time of Jesus. So in 1967, it was miraculous that the Jews controlled all of the holy city for the first time since the days of the warrior Maccabees. There's much meaning in the timing because the Maccabees and their Jewish descendants represent the miracle of Hanukkah. And December the 11th, 1917, fell during Hanukkah on the Hebrew calendar. Hanukkah is the feast that celebrates the temple's rededication. So 100 years later, the question that begs to be asked is this, can we soon envision the dedication of a third temple? When will a third Jewish temple rise in Jerusalem? Many believe that the next peace deal will include some sort of provision for the third temple. This we know for sure from Bible prophecy. Eventually there will be a third temple. The Jewish people are planning it now and have been for several decades. In fact, architectural plans for the third temple exist most notably in chapters 40 to 47 of the book of Ezekiel. So sometime in the future, the Israelis will be allowed to build that temple, but it will suffer another desecration, which Daniel the prophet called the abomination of desolation. Jesus also spoke of the desolating sacrilege in the time of the tribulation in gospel accounts. While the third temple is called in Hebrew Beit HaMikdash HaShlishi, literally the third house, 
It will be the third Jewish temple in Jerusalem after Solomon's temple and the second temple which King Herod had refurbished. Although the third temple hasn't been built, prospects for its completion are important in Jewish eschatology. Yearning for the third temple is expressed in many of Judaism's prayers for rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. The first temple was destroyed by the ancient Babylonians, and the second temple was destroyed by the Romans. Three times a day, Orthodox Jews recite the Amidah, Judaism's central prayer, which contains prayers for the temple's restoration and for the resumption of sacrificial worship. The rebuilding of the third temple also plays a major role in some interpretations of Christian eschatology. As I said, the abomination that makes desolate is a term found in the Hebrew Bible in the book of Daniel. The expression is specified by Jesus in his Olivet briefing to his disciples in both the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark. In the Matthew account, Jesus quotes the prophet Daniel explicitly. He said, So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 21, Jesus expressed it like this, But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Some Christian commentators say that these prophecies have already been fulfilled. Others say they'll be fulfilled again in the future. That the abomination of desolation prophecy of Daniel, mentioned by Jesus in Matthew 24:15 and Mark 13:14, refer to an event in the end time future when a seven-year peace treaty will be signed between Israel and a world ruler called the man of lawlessness or the Antichrist. And this is all affirmed by the writings of the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. Although Orthodox Judaism believes in the rebuilding of the third temple and the resumption of sacrificial worship, there's disagreement about how the building should actually happen. Orthodox scholars and rabbinic authorities generally believe that the temple's rebuilding should occur only in the era of the Jewish Messiah and at the hand of divine providence. But a minority position of activists holds that Jews should endeavor to rebuild the temple themselves whenever possible and as soon as possible. Well, the secular visionary of the modern Jewish state, Theodor Herzl, included the reconstructed temple in his utopian novel, The Old New Land. Herzl, of course, was a founder of political Zionism. The Old New Land novel outlined his vision for a Jewish state in the land of Israel, and it became one of Zionism's establishing texts. When the Old New Land was translated into Hebrew, it was given the title Tel Aviv, which led to the founding of the modern city of Tel Aviv. It's interesting to note that Herzl's vision included a third temple coexisting 
alongside of the Muslims' Dome of the Rock Shrine. With politicians continuing to try to work out a formula and a solution to make everybody happy, despite the word of God in Zechariah 12, 3, saying that moving or dividing Jerusalem is not on the table. For us, there's no time to be asleep or to be lukewarm with the Lord. Those of us who've been saved by the Savior and who know the way of salvation, well, we have the words of eternal life from the Lord. So are we going to hoard the message of salvation? Or will we faithfully share it with a desperate and lost world? You see, this world is not going to get any better. It will degenerate with many sorrows, birth pangs of the Messiah until he returns. And because Jesus is coming soon, so many people are yet deceived and asleep and we must wake them up. Let's be as active as possible in the end time harvest. And the symbolic handing back of the key on December 11th, 2017, by the descendant of General Allenby to today's Jewish mayor of United Jerusalem is a huge signal right now that should alert us that we've just witnessed another giant step forward in the fulfillment of end time prophecy. And it will eventually prepare Jerusalem and all the world for the second coming of King Messiah, who is none other than Jesus of Nazareth. It's indeed tragic that all the secular and corrupted worldly media outlets missed this big event on Monday, December 11th, 2017. But when you think about it, the CNNs and the BBCs and the religious leaders of Jesus' day, well, they also missed the Lord's birth they missed his messiahship, they disregarded his atoning death, and they overlooked or denied his resurrection. Eschatologists believe that President Trump's declaration on Jerusalem that was issued on December the 6th, 2017, had to happen first. And then just a couple of days later, on December the 11th, 2017, the very prophetic handing back of the keys to Jerusalem's Jewish mayor. Could the symbolic exchange of the keys have become some sort of significant prophetic marker? Did it foreshadow the day when the keys to the old city, representing East Jerusalem, were handed back to Israel, in God's eyes anyway? This was the first time in modern times that something like this happened, even symbolically. But we shouldn't be surprised because God himself recorded many symbolic acts in the Bible, in both the Old and New Testaments. Well, the anniversary celebration of the end of Muslim Ottoman rule over Jerusalem opened a new exhibition on General Allenby at the Tower of David Museum. The exhibit is called A General and a Gentleman and includes the Turks' white flag of surrender and the keys to the city that had been handed over to the British forces. The exhibition includes a sword that belonged to the Ottoman commander of the Jerusalem police and an ivory walking stick that had belonged to the mayor, Hussein El Husseini. So it's a new day. The United Nations are in an uproar, but we pray that many who dwell in darkness will start to have their eyes open now to Jesus and come to the truth. 
we can be greatly encouraged that while much of the Western world has become apostate towards Christianity and doesn't understand what's happening with Jerusalem, yet God is still working very actively with Bible believers. While we're looking at the commemoration of Allenby's victorious takeover of Jerusalem, it's important to highlight the role that evangelical Christians played both 100 years ago and now, much to the chagrin of globalists, leftists, and atheists. You see, born-again Bible believers had a major behind-the-scenes role to play in the events of December 11, 1917. Allenby was backed by the prayers of multitudes of Bible believers all over Britain and the British Empire. Well, today, born-again Bible lovers in the United States and all over the world exerted a major role to influence President Trump's historic declaration of December the 6th, 2017, concerning recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's capital. His decision was influenced principally by American evangelical Christians who are Trump's main support group. Pastor David Decker observed, Trump happens to love Israel anyway, and he's been known for decades as a great lover of Israel, and of course he has Jewish members of his family. And concerning this matter, Trump listened to his evangelical core base. And also, don't forget, Donald Trump was the first sitting president to pray at the Western Wall. And while he didn't officially recognize Jerusalem then as Israel's capital during the Jubilee celebration of Jerusalem's 50-year reunification in June, he did the deed of recognizing Jerusalem as the capital before the year of Jubilee 2017 was closed. The close timing of the Hanukkah connection with Trump's declaration didn't go unnoticed by prophecy watchers. So thankfully, the remnant evangelical church in America is still a force to be reckoned with. Well, it's time to wrap up, so I always pray that you'll become an overcomer in areas of health, finance, family relations, and spiritual growth and understanding the times. Most of all, I pray that everyone watching or listening to this broadcast will pass from darkness to light in coming to know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Please don't put off that life-changing moment to be redeemed and born again because war clouds and terrorism are increasingly end-time birth pangs, warning the world that Judgment Day is coming. That's why you need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord of your life so that you'll be saved from the wrath to come. And then you can face tomorrow without fear and with the confidence that you are now and for eternity part of God's kingdom. I do hope you'll continue to join me in our Jerusalem prayer conferences or through our video programs. And please stay in touch through social media and our website, exploits.tv, where you can sign up to receive our electronic newsletter, Exploits, and watch all of our videos at any time. By the way, the name of our program and newsletter, Exploits, is inspired by Daniel 11.32, which declares that the people who know God will be strong, not weak, and will take action, accomplishing exploits. One final thought. We've designed a brand new website and launched the Jerusalem Channel app to watch our videos on your mobile phones or tablets. 
So please download the app from your app store. And so until next time, always contending for the faith and praying earnestly for the peace of Jerusalem, I'm Christine Darg, Maranatha, and Shalom.